When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And here we go. It's another episode of Catfish on Ice, episode 99. We're sneaking up on episode 100. Milestone episode. It's going to be the listener appreciation episode. We hope some of our listeners are joining us tonight. We are on YouTube, streaming live on our YouTube channel. Of course, we're part of the Hawks Podcast Network, and we're presented by DraftKings. Rich, how are you doing? This is your host, Chad Mitten, with co-host Rich Howe. Rich, how are you doing? How was your weekend? Doing really well. Actually went to a in-state rivalry hockey game. I saw that. That looked fun. It was a blast. Um, Yeah, so it's a really small, it's like a rink where people go ice skating. But that's where U of L plays their their games, and it was the UK U of L game. That place was packed. I mean, there was people standing all the way around the rink to watch, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It's uh, it's freezing cold in there, though. That's the only bad yeah. part. But um, well, so what do you always say, Rich? You say you live in the hockey uh, what desert? Like there's oh, like nothing yeah. out there. The wasteland, hockey De- wasteland. Definitely. Well, definitely. it looks like you fa- it looks like you found an outlet there with. Uh, University of Louisville. We have we've been before. It was a blast, though. It was a it was such a good game. So U of L was losing four to two with five minutes left in the third period, and they scored a, a quick goal, and then they pulled the goalie with like a minute left and and scored and tied it up, and then they scored it uh, like thirty seconds in and beat UK. So it was really wow, and that's yeah, a rivalry awesome. too. That's it's, a rivalry. Huge rivalry. People were in the parking lot screaming, and that's like, really cool. It was, it was crazy. It was fun. College, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, in our part of the, even down here in Nashville, college hockey doesn't get nearly as much hype as it does in the Northeast, of course. Not at you all. Know, but uh, it's it's just like any other college sport. It's way yeah. different than the professional ranks. Oh yeah. But I, that, well, really, that's a it sounds like a fun weekend to me. I, I was, really wanted to get to a Vanderbilt hockey game. I'm oh, a big yeah. Vandy fan. They have a, some really cool jerseys. Uh, they they definitely uh, promote a lot of their stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've always wanted to get to a, a Vanderbilt hockey game. It, it's a lot of fun. U um, of L and UK, their teams are like their club teams, so they're not yes, like that's what it is. Yeah. It's not NCAA, it's, it's, but no, yeah, it's different down here. Still awesome though. It's so much fun. It and their fun jerseys are really cool. I mean, I, I enjoy it a lot. And it's only ten dollars. Ten dollars to get in. So and you support that you support these athletes who, yep. who are doing what they love. That's what's yep. most important, right? Yeah, it was really well, good. Everyone that is a Titans fan, we are wow. here for you tonight. It's been a really hard weekend to process. It was uh heart heartbreaking. Um Full, uh, I know a lot of uh, Titans fans are angry. A lot of Titans fans are also Preds fans. So what better time is it to just hop on the Preds bandwagon for all those uh, diehard football fans that maybe weren't really focusing on the Preds. Maybe they were all in on the Titans. Well, guess what? 
We're welcoming you in. Your the Predators are right there near first place. They will probably yep. break our hearts just like the Titans did. But you yep. know what? It's time to get focused in on the Predators now. Yep. This is our team to focus on. Football season's over. It was a hard way to lose. It was, it was, it was, I was working yeah. at the time, but I got to see everyone else around me. Uh, with it was bad, man. I'm I bet telling it you, was. This <laughs> and then I, I don't know if you noticed, but on Saturday night, right after the Titans game, the Preds had a home game, of course, against the Red yep. Wings. And, and that Bridgestone Arena crowd sounded very quiet there at the beginning. And I'm, oh, sure, I'm sure it was, I mean, how can you help, help it, right? It's like, yeah, I, yeah. you got to say, you got to think that what a uh, 80, 90% of that crowd was also Titans fans. Oh, there it was. It's really fresh on your mind that your Titans just lost by a field goal yeah, yes. as the number one overall seed in their conference. I mean, just a horrible way to lose. So Very we're here for you. We are here for you, Titans fans. Come on in. The water's fine. Let's That's get right. in on this Predators talk. The National Predators are having an outstanding season, outperforming yep. se- preseason expectations. Join in on the podcast, subscribe, comment on our live streams. We welcome you Definitely. in. It's going to be a really fun second yep. half of the season. Yeah, I got so a whole with, other half of the season to go, so there's plenty yeah. of games to watch. And we got the uh, – I'm sporting the Catfish oh, on Ice podcast T-shirt that we just got made. Looks so uh, cool. So we are going to be offering these to a lot of our top listeners – uh, we are going to eventually try to sell some of them as well, but really it's not about making money off these yeah. right now. It's about really letting our top listeners have a shirt. They support the podcast. We want to take care of them as well. Show our appreciation. So if you're interested in a shirt, DM us on Twitter yeah. at catfish ice comment on the stream. We would love to send you one. Well, you know, we can send so many. Eventually we can't send one to everybody. But wow. we definitely want to send one to a lot of our top listeners. So DM us if you're interested. We'll send you a shirt. All right. That looks so cool. Here's what we got in store for episode 99. We don't have a live game to react to tonight. The Preds play wow. tomorrow night. They did beat the Red Wings. They sure did. Which was good. Very good. Yeah. It was awesome. So that was Yeah, that was really good. And so um, what we really want to talk about tonight is, of course – of course, what we want to talk about. We got to continue our midseason grades, player grades. Yep. And last last episode, we did the top six. We did some of the top players on the team and top of the depth chart, highest paid players, of course. This this episode, we're going to focus on the depth forwards. So that means Tanner Janot is going to get graded tonight. That means Yakov Trenin is going to get graded. Michael McCarron. Who else am I leaving out? Philip Tomasino, Nick Sissons. Cousins. Nick Cousins and Colton Sissons. Those are the those are the six players we're grading tonight. I don't know Rich's grades. He doesn't know mine. <laughs> no. I'll tell you right now. Last week, Rich was a really tough grader. This is a little tough too. This was really tough, man. It was I, hard. I, I, I mean, right there with you. It was really hard. Uh, you, you got weird feelings about some of these guys, and it's kind of like you don't want to be too horrible, but then again, you don't want to give them like no. Because if good. they find if they find us out in public, they might beat us up, and I don't like our odds, Rich. Especially McCarron. I, I would lie and <laughs> I say, no, our, it was an A+. Plus. I don't like our odds against any of them if we had to no, fight them. No. All right. And then, of Maybe course, of course we got our – it's Monday night. We got our clutch performers of the week. We're going to go back and look at the Red Wings game. We're going to look back 
at all games going back to last week, of course. And we are going to give you our clutch performers of the week, the top three players that we think perform the best in the clutch moments. That's what we do here. That's that's how we do our top three stars of the week on the Catfish and Ice podcast. We do it every Monday. I've already put out my top three on the Catfish and Ice oh. Twitter account. A little bit, a few surprises on there, Rich. I don't know if you were a little surprised by that. I was a little bit. Um, so one we, of the one of the guys I really thought about putting him on there, but I wound up not doing it. So, so. I can't wait to hear yours. I have no idea what your three players are going to be. I have a yep. feeling I know one of them, but we'll we'll save that for when we get to it. Yep. Kyle Perkins, our buddy from Renegades <laughs> and Puck, joins us every Monday to give Perks picks. He's going to be joining us at the top of the hour, so in about twenty minutes from now. We will have him on, and guess what? We have a new guest. Not a new guest, because he actually has been on the podcast in the past, but .com. Puckpedia.com does all the salary cap information, talks about free agent acquisitions, trades, salary cap, uh, how how does a player affect the cap, all that stuff. You want to use Puckpedia. Absolutely. Rich, history lesson here. Hart actually joined us in the early days of the podcast on episode six. Six, wow! And he came wow. back for and he came back for episode ninety nine. We were able to um, get him for like twenty minutes. Very busy dude. Tony oh, Hart bet. is slam busy this time of year. I bet he was very nice to come on for about 15, 20 minutes. Yep. Talk about the Philip Forsberg contract negotiations. Talk about the Preds' current salary cap situation. Mm-hmm. And I got some good news for Predators fans. The Preds have a lot of money and spending power right now. They sure do. They've got a lot of leverage. They've got even going into the next offseason, mm-hmm. David Poyle has a lot of chess pieces to move around right now. He's yep. he's got a lot of leverage. So we talked about that with Hart. And of course, we looked at the NHL trade deadline, some of the top targets that awesome. are going to be out there. Very good Very interview. Cool. Can't wait for you to hear that. If you're watching the stream right now, you're going to have to go download the podcast the next day. Yep. So go ahead and do that. It will actually be up later tonight but if you stay up late. But definitely when you wake up tomorrow morning, check it out on all podcast platforms. The interview with Puckpedia will be on there. Absolutely. All right. Let's Wherever dive right. Podcasts. Yes. Let's dive right into episode 99, Rich. And let's continue our mid-season grades. How about you? How about we go ahead and start with the player that everybody loves and can't get enough of, and that is Tanner Jano. How about you give us Tanner Jano? Let's give you. Let's let you give <clears throat> your grade for him first. Your midseason grade for Tanner Jano. I gave him a big fat A. Big fat A. That dude, not an A plus, an A. Man. Yeah. So awesome to, to watch this guy um, play, to get his opportunity to play. Undrafted player, um, played some last year, playing a lot this year. Um, 25 points, 13 goals, 12 assists. He is fourth in points right now for all rookies. Definitely a candidate for the Calder. Um, he does a lot of things that those other rookie candidates can't or won't do. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, good carries point. Puck up full length of the ice, uh, will fight people at the drop of the hat, 
if they if they mess with Soros, um, just I don't even know what else to say about him. I mean, like, very exciting to have him on the team this season playing the way he's playing. It's it's a breath of fresh air, that's for sure. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, we we got a taste of Tanner Janot last season when he got in the lineup for a little bit, but no one saw this coming. I mean, no, no. one saw that he, him being uh-uh. in the Calder Trophy race. No. And they are they actually uh poll like polled NHL.com writers. I think it was like 15 writers they uh polled as far as <laughs> who is in the Calder Trophy like if they had the Calder Trophy voting today where yeah. would where, where how would it rank? And Tanner yeah. Geno came in fourth, but he got like 22 votes, I think. I'm going to pull it up to get that right number. But he's in fourth among – so he's getting noticed finally. Like for the, long, for the longest time, Tanner Geno wasn't even getting noticed in the Calder Trophy race at all. Right. Like it was all just Lucas Raymond and Absolutely. Trevor Zegers and Moritz Sider, which is rightfully so because those are three outstanding rookies as well. But uh, it's really cool to see Tanner Geno finally – starting to get some notice around the league as well in this uh because he was if you're talking about league wide Tanner Janot is completely unknown. Oh yeah. Definitely unknown. I mean everyone's starting to really learn who Tanner Janot is this year around the league. Yep. And he's yep. got a great story. All right, let me give you my grade Let's for him. I'm going A minus. I'm going A minus. I'm not going right. fat A. The only reason he gets the minus for me is he goes to the penalty box a little too much for me. That's all I got for him. That is – you're right. He does that's do the that. Only, that's the only – if I'm his professor or teacher, he corrects that, and then he's perfect. Yeah. But he's not, he's not perfect. He goes to the penalty box a little too much. I give him an A minus. A minus is still really good for a rookie, especially yeah, a player absolutely. who no one expected – I mean, he could he he could very understandably be a top six player on this team mm-hmm. if John Hines decides to put him there. But he he fits his role better in the bottom six, and so that's why we that's why we're uh, giving him his grade tonight. But I give him an yes. A minus. He yeah. he lays out the hits, of course. He can still score goals. He is just a tone setter. That's the that's what I really think of about him is he's Absolutely. a tone setter. And there's a there's a reason. And we'll talk about it with the other two guys. There's a reason why that is your most consistent line of of all of them. I mean, Granlin, Duchesne, and Forsberg is is the other, but you always see these three on that third line together. And there's a reason because they set the tone, like you said, for the whole team. So, but let's think about this, all right, Rich. I know this is only for this season, but Tanner Janot has. Scored 32 points in 58 career NHL games. I mean, that is over a half a point per game from a player who many people think of as an enforcer or a gritty, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, rough it up type of player. But the dude still gets points as well. He still affects the scoring as well. So it's like he is the best of both worlds. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, he, and you got to think his game is going to keep getting better and better. You know, like I said, the only knock I have on him is he's got to figure out a way to not take the costly penalties, maybe yeah. check back his emotions at certain times in a game so that the team doesn't have to kill a big penalty in a big moment. 
That's and, true. I mean, we can say that about a lot of players on this team right now. Oh, it's yeah, not, absolutely. It's not just Tanner Janome. That's but true. That's the really, and that's nitpicking for me, really. But that's why I give him an A minus. Yeah, I mean, it is a little bit, but I mean, it's it's like you said, like they need to know, and it's really like you said, all of them, they need to learn to pick their moments when to take the penalties. Yeah, like, well, I mean, let's it, look it at last. Let's look at last season. Tanner Janot only had two penalty minutes in fifteen games. Well, this this season, <laughs> this season he has seventy eight penalty minutes in forty three games. So if he can cut back on the penalty minutes just a little bit, I know he's still yep. going to take a lot of penalties because that's the way he plays the game. Yep. But if he can cut back on a little bit, check his emotions just a little bit, maybe he gets an A-plus from me. <laughs> I give him an A-minus. Yep. I think that's a good one. Let's go on next to uh, Yakov Trenin. Yakov Trenin. And I'm giving him I'm giving him a, 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 a B-plus. All right. Cool. I almost mm-hmm. gave him an A, but I just can't go that far with him just yet. Not uh, quite yet. I don't want to get. I don't want him to get big headed. I don't want to like over overstate what he's doing. I'm gonna give him yep. a B plus. The biggest thing about Yakov Trenin I've loved to see about him this season is he's really starting to figure out ways to be a goal scorer, which yes, is really is. what his. That's really what his top mo is: is being a goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Before he came over here. Everyone kind of scouted him as a goal scorer. Well, he's he's shown that this season. Yes. He scored some really big goals this season for the Preds in big moments. And he's yes, another he he's another young player that I think is going to just keep getting better. He's going to keep developing. He's playing these crucial minutes for the Preds. So I give him a B plus, a very respectable yep. B plus. Yep. Well, I gave him a B plus as well. That's nice. kind of funny. So I wrote down some notes. So he's already, he's already beaten his point total from last season in fewer games than he did last season. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons he's one of the reasons, like we talked about just a minute ago for, uh, Jano, why the third line is so consistent is because they set the tone. Um, I w- this is something I noticed like quite a bit about him. He is very tenacious on the forecheck, like a lot, like he really goes after the puck a lot, uh, in that situation. And, um, Another note I wrote, he's the definition of what predators look for in their new hard hitting identity. Like yep, him sure and you know, and even Sissons this season, that's that's what they do. That's the identity line. It's, I would it's call really them. the the identity line. I like that. You got the money line, you got the identity line. That's right. From uh, from Rich. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's already broken his career high in points, which his point, I mean, he's still such a young player. Right. But I mean yeah, so he's got 15 points, 10 goals already this season. If he can break 20 goals this year, oh man, we can almost call him the replacement <laughs> in production of Craig Smith, dare I say. Oh, yeah, there you go. Because for the yeah. longest time, Craig Smith was our 20-plus goal scorer. If Yakov Trenin can come in and be the new Craig Smith when it comes to scoring goals, that's a nice thing to have. I'm just saying. Definitely. So he's already got 10 goals this it. year. He's played all 41 – he's played in 41 games this year, so he's been available. He's been durable. Mm-hmm. He's 94 hits, so he's a very physical player, of course, like we know he is. He's – defensively speaking, he's right on pace with what he did last year. Right. In the same yeah. amount of games. So, I, I was mean, surprised. Yeah, he's just, he hasn't dipped at all. He hasn't dipped at all. Yeah. It's not – you're not getting a sophomore slump, if you will, 
right. from uh, from Yakov training at all. I was surprised that he didn't have as many penalty minutes. It seemed like he's been like in more scraps and stuff, but I guess it just hasn't turned into like an actual penalty or something. But um, no, he he's done what I would like to see Tanner Janot do a little bit better of is yeah. maybe not take all the penalties as much yet. Trennan's only got 31 penalty minutes this year. Yeah. For the for for the way he plays, that's pretty low. Yeah. I, oh yeah. yeah. Definitely. That's good. That's good thing to point out there. All right. <coughs> Let's move. Who do you want to go to next? How about we just go with that whole line there? Let's go yeah. with Colton Sissons. Though Colton Sissons. So I gave him a B plus as well. Um he is on pace to have his best season ever of his career with the Predators. Um, he's another one of those identity players that there's a reason he's on that line that he's on and he's useful in a lot of different situations. He's kind of took over for where, uh, when they lost Cali Yarncroft, he kind of does a little bit of everything, I think. And, um, yeah, I mean, glad, glad that he, uh, wasn't one of the ones picked to go in the expansion mm-hmm. draft. Yeah. And I was all about really that. Well. I know Rich, you, were. you remember how worried I was about I that do. leading into it. I did. But um, yeah, he he is a he's a glue he's a glue guy. That I think mm-hmm. of him as a glue guy. I mean he he's all. I mean we kind of know what his role is always going to be. Yep. He's always going to be like a very strong depth uh depth player and, and leader for yep. hopefully the Preds for for a long time. I mean I would hate to lose him. Oh, yeah. The thing about Sissons is when he first came in, especially in that Stanley Cup. You know, you always hear the hashtag Sisson scored. Yes. Um, he a lot of people thought he was going to evolve into a um a, a a more talented goal scorer, and he's just never really become that type of player. And that's yeah. okay. Not every okay. not every NHL player is going to be an elite goal scorer. Yeah. The thing about Sissons is he plays his role so perfectly. He does all the dirty work out there. Absolutely. He he blocks shots. He he he's in the right spot defensively as a forward. Yeah. Which is a I mean that's a t- that's a hard thing to ask for. You don't see that very often mm-hmm. anymore. No. You know, and absolutely. so he he's he's yet another player on this Preds team that's on pace to set a set a career high in uh points. Yeah. I mean, you got a lot like of players him. on you got a lot of players on this team. Sissons already has 18 points. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but for the type of player he is, that is a lot, actually. That is for especially on from for, for a third line production, that's pretty good. And his career high is only 30 points set in 2018, yeah. 19. So he's on pace if yeah. he can stay healthy and, and play in all the games. Mm-hmm. He could he could break he could set a new career high for himself as well. And yeah. he's at age, he's only 28 years old. That is still right yeah. in the prime of his career as well. Yeah. So I'm going to give Colton Sissons a B plus as well. We're right on the same wow. page tonight, Rich. Look at that. That's awesome. I'm not going to give him an A because A's are really set aside for the players who are just really sh- yep. showing out and just outperforming everything. I give him I a agree. B plus, a very solid, respectable B plus from Colton Sissons. And if yep. the Predators lost him in the expansion draft, I'm telling you, it would be. I love Cal Yarncroke. But don't even talk to me about swapping those two out. Yeah, I mean the way the seasons are progressing, it, it's looking like keeping him was definitely the better option. Um, 
Yeah, he's just turned into like a good um, – his role is just fits perfectly for his game, what he does on that on that line. So, and he, um, I'm telling you, he has awesome. captain – he has captain-like tendencies. Yeah, oh, I agree. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I he, he, he carries himself like a captain. He's almost the captain of that bottom six. Like, Oh, yeah, I think so. I think so. All right, let's Give go to mind. the next player. And this is a player who has gotten a lot of playing time this season. And he's, you know, he, he going into the season, this player was like very much like, is he going to, how much is he really going to play? But he's becoming a more regular in this lineup. And that's Michael McCarron. Yep. These were hard to do. Michael McCarron is a player that going into this season hadn't even played a hundred games in his NHL career, but he's already been in 20 games this season. He's never going to be a point scorer. That's not why he's out there. Of course. He, he fits John Hines' system on a lot of NHL teams. Michael McCarron wouldn't be in the starting lineup. He would be a minor league player for a lot of NHL teams. But for yep. this Predators team, he fits the mold perfectly, just like we're talking about, because yep. he's another hard-nosed, hard-hitting player that just fits the perfect identity of this team that John Hines has built and David Poyle has built. And so with that... I'm going to give Michael McCarron a C plus. Oh, all right. I, I'm not going to go into the B and A territory because he makes a lot of mistakes. He's he 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 is what he is. That's what I'm going to yeah. leave it at. He is what he is. He does some things well. He's a he's a good scrapper. You know, he's done some good things this season to fit the Predators mold, but he still really scares me in a starting lineup for a playoff team. He really scares me. I'm sorry. I agree. And all I can think all I can think about is he was on that breakaway. He was on that breakaway a couple games ago. <laughs> and it looked like he was in quicksand. I thought I was watching a slow motion replay. And yeah. I'm just like, does he really is he really gonna make the right plays and avoid the really costly mistakes in playoff crunch time? I you don't have me there yet. So I'm gonna give him a C plus. C plus. Yeah. I was a little tougher on him. Um I gave him a C minus. Um I think that's the worst grade you've given out this it year. Probably is. I mean, he he. I mean, he does his job, like you said. He does absolutely what John Hines likes. He's like six foot six or something crazy, big, huge dude. Um, he does his job, and he takes that for his teammates. That's another a note that I wrote down. He he definitely does a good job of doing that. But he is so slow. I mean, he is a very slow skater on that breakaway. <laughs> the the goaltender had like all day to definitely be able to read what he was going to do. So um, I guess on that line, I mean, I know you're not going to get much, like he averages like nine minutes, nine, nine and a half minutes of ice time. Yeah. I know you're not going to get like a whole bunch of production out of people like that, but I'd like to see just a little bit more. I think he's only got like two points so far in 20 well, he's he's never had more than four points in an entire yeah, season. yeah yeah that's what i mean so it's kind of I mean, he, it would be cool to, to get like i mean he's not going to be the person to do it but just get somebody else in there who could maybe do what he does but also score some points well the way people think about it is mccarran's taking up a spot for uh igor afanasiev or maybe yeah. he's taking up a spot we got to keep waiting we're waiting for tommy novak honestly yeah. That, oh, yeah. Definitely. That's true. We would take. We would. We would switch out McCarron for Tommy Novak in a heartbeat. But I would too. Novak definitely. is dealing with. He he got injured, 
mm-hmm. uh, playing for the Admirals. Yep. And so we got to figure out if he's going to ever make it back into the lineup. I hope he does because I would much rather too. have much rather have Tommy Novak in the lineup over McCarron. Yeah, I just I don't agree. feel very strongly about McCarron being in the lineup. He's like really the only player that I'm just not crazy about. But yeah. while we have him, he does make the hits. He does play that style that the Predators carry themselves with that reputation. Yeah. So I really, I really feel that that's why, that's why he's there. That's probably that's until Novak gets back. There. It's the only reason is because he's, he's a big dude. He can push people around and he's not going to take crap off anybody. So those are his strong suits. So get mm. Novak back. That's yes. We, we need Tommy Novak back. That's what we sure. said. All right, let's go on to the veteran of the group. Well, assistance is kind of a veteran too, I guess, yeah. but, uh, Nick Cousins. Nick Cousins. What grade what are you giving you, Nick Cousins? I gave Nick Cousins a, a C. That low? Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. He's a veteran. I know he's not like a massive goal scorer or anything, but I think he could show a little more production. That's a good um, point. Would be, would be yeah. awesome. Um, he goes quiet for a while for, for some stretches, and then and then all of a sudden he'll have like – an awesome goal when you need one, which, which that's a good, a good quality. And his other good quality is he plays in the dirty areas that does things that people don't want to do. And he agitates other players on the opposing team, which that's awesome. I like that about him, but just a little more, just need just a little bit more from him. I trust Nick. I I do trust Nick, Nick cousins, excuse me, in a uh, clutch moment, especially in the playoffs. Way yeah. more than I do Michael McCarron. You're right. Yeah, but that's true. I feel like they're similar players in a way. Yeah. Like they almost like Cousins has obviously got a little bit more um offensive pizzazz to his game. But yeah. but I, I just Mike Twitter is on here. He says Cousins was getting better a few weeks ago. I think that's what he's trying to say. Cousins yeah. was getting better a few weeks ago. He was. Well, the thing about Cousins is he shows flashes. I mean, it's not like he's invisible out there. You see him yeah. doing what he's got to do. Yeah, and he's another player that gets in on the on the scrums. He takes up for his teammates. Yep. I do think he's somewhat of a veteran leader out there for these depth players that we're talking about tonight grading. But here's my grade. I give him. I didn't give him a C plus. Or would you give him Rich a C plus? Just a C. Just a, a regular C. C. I'm giving him a B minus. Yeah, oh, I mean, like, I mean, that's close. I mean, I feel like he's serving <clears throat> his role in the bottom six as a veteran leader. I think that's why he's kept around. I don't think he's coming back next season. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent, and yeah, I very I, much, th- I very much think that David Poyle needs to go ahead and just not pursue him, let him move on, let another team uh, take a stab at him. And let's create some more room for some of these other up and coming players like an Igor Afanasyev. Um, yep. So I still give him a B minus because I do think he's playing hard out there. He leaves everything on the ice. He is one of those players where you know he's giving it his all. He doesn't take plays off. That's what pushes him up to a right. B minus for me. And I he agree. does have six goals this season, seven assists, 13 points. Yep. His penalty minutes are down. He's only got 12 penalty minutes. You know, I mean, his he only plays 12 minutes of ice time, 12 and a half minutes. I mean, right. it's not like he's a very heavily leaned on player at, at all. Yeah. But in his role, he's a he's a better version of Michael McCarron. 
is what I'll give him. That's that's a good point. Yeah, that's really good. If we could get so, cousins awesome. cousins production out of Michael McCarron, we'd be in a really good spot. <laughs> get, All right, we got more production out of him. We so. have one more player, don't we, Rich? Who do we have left? We do. It's I'm gonna let you go first on this one. It's Tomasino. Philip Thomasino. This one was hard, we... and I'm I might get in trouble. I don't know for what you're gonna be. Are you gonna you're gonna be in a lot of trouble, Rich? I can already tell. By I know the way you're talking a lot of people. Here. A lot of yeah. I don't. know. You go first though. You, it's your turn to go first. So I mean, I'm not gonna penalize Thomasino's grade because his hype was so high by everybody. That's not his fault. I mean, he Mm-mm. was carrying. He was the one that was supposed to be in the Calder Trophy race, not. Yep. Tanner Janot. Yep. I'm going to give Philip Tomasino a, a, a B, a flat B. I can't put him in. I can't put him in a territory because he he's not living up to those massive expectations that everyone thought he was. Right. Tomasino, but I cannot fault Tomasino for how snake bitten he's been this year. He's right up there. No. He's right up there with Ellie Tolvanen and Matt Duchesne <laughs> when it comes to just. He's been the victim of really insane saves by the opposing goaltender. Mm-hmm. He's been the victim of bouncing pucks. I mean, he's just had he's had some bad luck. He should have way more goals than he, he has should. this season. Yep. And that would just completely change everything. Mm-hmm. And he's still make he he he's trending up right now, Rich. He, he is. is lately lately he is starting to really really gain some confidence. Yep. He's getting some assists lately. He's figuring out ways to make things happen. So I give him a B. And honestly, by the end of the season, I feel like he's trending up. If we do these grades again at the mm-hmm. end of the season, he could easily push up to an A for me. But right now I'm giving him a B. Yep. All right. Well, I don't feel too bad then because I gave him a C plus. So that's not too that's not too horrible. Not too far away from a B. So he's got why wouldn't um, you put him at a bridge? He's got what'd you say? What'd you say? So why wouldn't you put why why don't you give him a B? I don't know. Um he's doing really good. I will give him that. Um he just needs to clean up a few things. I've just seen some mistakes, but that'll come with time. I mean, an experience, and I will give him that. Um it's just I don't know. It's just I just don't feel like it's definitely not A territory. Um but like you said, he's snake bitten plus you can't blame him for the hype and all that stuff, so um, I think if you keep him with consistent with his line mates, I think that'll help a lot as well. And I know a lot of people like want to put him on like the top line or the second line, but I, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. But that's just me. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> right, well, Kyle? I mean, what do I, I know? <laughs> uh, Tomasino hadn't really had – uh, and not to be too critical, he hasn't had a whole whole lot to work with. That's uh, true. You're right. I will give you that. He he has been. I'd like to see the amount of different line mates he's had this year. Uh, yeah. It's got to be he he's had to have played with ten to fifteen different people. Yeah. Uh, he's he's <laughs> been not a lot of consistency. They had him and Tolvin in together there for a while and. Then he was up with Johansson for a bit, if I remember right, and just yeah, I think he needs some consistency. Yeah, these, these, that would help him out. What stable line mates? I'm not even going to say uh, he needs super great line mates. Just some consistency would be right. huge. But he's for got him. 
he's got four points in his last uh, five games. Which that's so, I mean he's he's definitely trending back up. He's starting to get some shots on goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had five <laughs> shots on goal against Vancouver. I know that was a really ugly game from the team as a whole, but he had five shots on goal in that game. And I mean he, I think he's just a he is the perfect example of a player that you have to show a little patience with. Everyone had crazy expectations for this kid because he Definitely. just dominated on every level he had ever played on. Yep. And the kids st- and the kids still got 15 points in 37 games. It's not like he yeah. is completely just invisible and a bust this year. But I see I see your point Rich like C plus like let's keep it tempered here. He you know but I got I couldn't go that harsh on him. I just couldn't. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. It's you know, the, after this season he gets this season under his belt. I think expectations for him are really going to jump up next as year. as a as a twenty year old in his first NHL season. Yeah, I feel on, on on the type of team that the Preds are and the type of player he is, he doesn't really fit the mold of this team. We keep talking about certain players fit the mold of how this team plays. I mean, Tomasino, his skill set doesn't mm-hmm. really match this team that much. The way they play. Right. So the fact that he's still got 15 points in 37 games on this team, I I, I give him I give him strong marks for that. So uh, yeah, yeah. All right. So with that, we've got Kyle Perkins joining us. I think you already uh, know that you heard him here. He was getting in on the Philip Tomasino grade here. How you doing, Kyle? How was your weekend, man? Oh, not bad. Not bad at all. Watched a little bit of football here and there, and. I, I enjoyed a lot of it really, really a lot because I hate Green Bay so much. Uh, <laughs> and the fact that they lost and it was cold and they lost to a California team makes it just that much better. Yeah. So let me frame let me frame this for everybody. And I you can't make this up. I grew up as a Packers fan before the Titans moved here. Was a huge Brett Favre fan. That was my first NFL team. I had like three different Brett Favre jerseys. So I will always have a love for the Packers in my heart. But when the uh, Titans moved here, I obviously adopted the Titans, and now the Titans are my number one team. The Titans and the Packers play. I'm totally going for the Titans. But for the second time in, like, what, three years, three or four years, I've had to watch both the Packers and the Titans lose in the same day in the playoffs. If you go back to uh, a couple years – go back a couple years ago – Titans lost to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. And I was like, all right, that hurts, but I still got the Packers. They might make the Super Bowl. And then they lose to the 49ers. Fast forward to to this past weekend. Titans (laughs) lose in a heartbreaking game. And once again, I'm thinking, I still got the Packers. I've still got one team left. I can just hitch my wagon to the Packers. Both teams both teams lose on a last second field. Yep. I got and nothing. Le- I got nothing. Yeah. My football heart is broken and I don't even want to watch football. <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to and think about it. And there's no uh no Tom Brady this season. That was a crazy end of that game. I this think, entire I weekend think, for the NFL was just insane. Yeah. It was so I nuts. think ratings ratings for the Super Bowl are probably gonna be not I good. I don't know about that, Rich. I don't know, I don't know about no that. No Tom Brady. A lot of, he's, he's the main draw, man. You, Everybody loves You still him. got a lot. You still got so many superstars. I mean, a lot of people you're are right. into Joe Burrow, yeah, you're uh, right. the quarterback for the Bengals. 
uh, the Rams, you know, you got the LA market, Matt Stafford's yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. Um, and then of course, yeah. Pat Mahomes, course, Pat, Pat Mahomes. Yeah. So I think their ratings will be just fine, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Mahomes is going to be your new face of that league. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I do, I do think the NFL really wanted a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers rematch. No, absolutely. The field. They, oh, yeah. they, 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 you gotta, we know that the NFL is not fixed because if it was fixed, they would have set up Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, uh, Oh the yeah. Championship game. That's but, uh, that's huge money for them right there. Absolutely. So what's our like are we all like was, go Bengals now or what are we like I you know I was I was I don't know. Everything everything I touch in this NFL playoffs the team loses. <laughs> I wanted the Bills to win so bad. I wanted the Bills to win too. I was like all on them. Because their fan base is just so fun. They're all these bunch of <laughs> psychopaths and just yeah they're just uh, they're awesome i love them Uh, so here's another thing that's gonna blow y'all's mind the bills and the titans which used to be the oilers houston oilers same franchise they came into the nfl at the same time in 1960 and neither neither franchise has ever won a super bowl wow ouch so you're talking about two i mean you can't really compare the titans fan base to the uh, Bills fan base because you're talking about two different, you know, because the team moved. Yeah. But you're talking about two franchises that just can't yeah. figure out a way to win a Super Bowl. Yep. Which you should talk about our poll that you put out. <laughs> oh yeah, the let's poll. go ahead and get into that. Yeah. Yeah. Now that we're we talking out a about poll. football, I I like to ask this question. Like I feel like I ask this question like every ask myself this question. Right. Like every three or four years, and it changes every three or four years. The who, what people think. Yep. What because the Na- Nationals never won a professional sports championship in anything. No. Nope. Really, they haven't won any college championships either. If you want to count Vanderbilt, unless you want to count college baseball. But anyway. Anyway. But anyway, <laughs> which team is closer to a, a sports championship? The Titans winning a Super Bowl. Or the Preds winning a Stanley Cup, which happens first? And we got some. Our buddy Max Greenberg said, "Will either one of them ever happen?" Question mark. I'm like, "Come on, man! It one of them will eventually happen. Don't be a smartass." But uh, that's right. Overwhelmingly in the poll, not a lot of votes, but overwhelmingly they went 88 percent Preds, Titans 22 wow. percent. I'm like, yeah, I. Man, I vote. I actually voted for the Titans because it's a really hard question, though. Honestly, it is, it is. I know it is super hard to put together a team that can make a Super Bowl run, but man, that Stanley Cup is so hard to win. You got to win sixteen so games. Hard. You got to win yeah. sixteen games in the playoffs to win yeah. a Stanley Cup. And and with when you have like teams like Arizona that can beat like. You know the powerhouses in the NHL. It's so hard to pick and and to get a team together can, that can make that run. But you can have everything know. figured out as an NHL franchise. You can have all the boxes checked. You you can Absolutely. have the goaltender. You can have the top line. You can have the right coach. You can have it all figured out. Yep. And you have one bad playoff series, and yep. you're not going to win a Stanley Cup. Absolutely. What do you think about this from Mike Twitter? What? I think the Titans are going to get Tom Brady. Wow. Uh, 
my Twitter, do you have some inside sources uh, that we don't know about? Like, did you talk to Adam Schefter earlier today or something? Because um, wow, that's some hot takes. That's about as hot of a take as you can have right there. I don't see Tom and Taylor Lewan getting along real well. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's even people out there trying to say that uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to leave Green Bay and that the Titans should try to go after him. But uh, not to turn this into a full-on Titans podcast right. here, but I will just say this real quick. You want to talk about – we talk about bad contracts on the Preds all the time, Matthew Shane, no. you know, Ryan Johansson, oh, yeah. all that stuff. But guess what? You want to talk about a bad contract that looks really bad right now? Ryan Tannehill is owed a lot of money, and the Titans are stuck with him. So they're not going out and getting some great elite quarterback most likely. So we can just go ahead and – uh, forget about that. That's just how I feel about it. But uh, what do I know? I'm just a uh, podcast host. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. That is perfect timing before we get into Perks Picks and our Clutch Performers of the Week because this week our sponsor, DraftKings, is giving you a really good offer with the last four teams left in the NFL playoffs. There are only four teams remaining, and that means only four teams left for you to bet on at the DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL, counting down to Super Bowl 56. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required. One per customer restrictions apply. See draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And if you're not a new customer, you can experience the conference championships with same game parlays, you can combine multiple bets for the same game for a bigger payout. And, of course, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want, so it's really easy to use. I am on the DraftKings Sportsbook app as well, and I can promise you it is really easy to use and very safe and a lot of fun. So what do we want to go with first, gentlemen? Let's get into Perks Picks, and then we'll do our Clutch Performers of the Week. That sounds we good. Still all- and we still also have to – we're going to have Kyle stick around with us because we want to – we're going to all preview the Seattle Kraken game, which is coming up on Tuesday night. Let's get some revenge because that was the first game of the season, and I feel like the Preds are a much different team than they were then, and I'm yep. feeling really good about this game. Way better than some of these other trap games that they've played lately. I feel like we're going to get a little bit of revenge on the Seattle so. Kraken. But we'll save that for when we we'll save that yep. for when we preview it. Let's get to Kyle Perkins here. Let's let him get it started with his Perks this picks. week's Perks picks. Perks picks. So the first one is you're a ten, son, and that would be Matt Tennyson. Oh, there you go. Uh, the, that's good. The journeyman nice defenseman has nice play on words. Has three points in two games. He's he's been all over the league. I'm trying to pull up where all he's been. Uh, a lot of places. San Jose, <laughs> Carolina, Buffalo, the Devils, 
So he, he's been all over the place, and right now he has the most points that he's had in a season since 2016-17. Hey. Which the most he's ever had is six. So uh, wow. I, I, I stand corrected. He's had eight points. He's had six assists. And he's about to but, be thirty-two years about to be thirty-two years old, and he's—I yep. mean—he's been in the league for a while, like you said. Yeah, but yeah. that just goes back to what we've talked about several times: that they have guys coming up that are contributing. Uh, came in, played, doesn't look lost. Uh, it seems like the system they're asking these guys to follow is fairly simple, and if they're willing to buy into it, it's effective. Yep. So. That and so I gotta, go ahead. Can I ask you? Can I ask you this, Kyle? Do you think that Tennyson's just a placeholder until uh, Dante Fabro gets back? And because uh, because you definitely have, I feel like you have your top six, you know, starting defensemen locked in right now. If you're John Hines with Borovieski uh, <laughs> and Benning, with Carrier, Yossi, Ekholm, Fabro, I think we're all in agreement that. I do know there's some chatter out there for Jeremy Davies as well, but um, Jeremy Davies looked good. Um, he really can't complain about his play. So we were you were just talking about Boro and Benning. I looked this up uh, a little bit earlier. They're they're eighth in the league as a defense pair for expected goals against. Hmm. Hmm. Per sixty. So once you get per sixty. Once you get Dante uh, Fabro back in the lineup regularly, and you get this crew back together, I mean Tennyson probably moves back out. But he he's serving his role and he's doing what he's got to yeah. do while we need him. Yeah, we love to absolutely. See it. It's it, the guys that keep coming up and having to fill in. Cole Smith has not been terrible. McCarron has looked a lot better than I ever expected him to look. Mm-hmm. Because I, I just can't get out of my head him p- trying to punch the ref last year. Um, and I, can't, it's, I can't get the slow motion uh, breakaway out of my head <laughs> by McCarron. Uh, Trinan looks so like, weird on a breakaway, but McCarron was a whole nother level. Yeah. I oh, thought yeah. he was, Kyle, I, Kyle, I thought he was never going to get there. I yeah. Too. Like, I thought like he, he had. Thought, he had yeah. the loose puck at like the at right at the you know the half the mid midway point of the ice, and I just thought he was never going to yep. get to the goaltender. The goaltender was standing there like going, "Okay, what do I need to do? Let me check my watch. He's going to make it down here in a minute." <laughs> he's like, "I got plenty of time to figure out where he's going to go with it." Yeah, exactly. There wasn't any fancy dangles by McCarron. We'll say that. That's for no. sure. No. It was. It was. I go. I'm going this way, and yeah. I'm we're gonna, gonna see to, what happens. Yeah. <laughs> no. No dirty dangles, as the kids say. So no. he's the, he's the he's the last forward on this team that you want to see on a breakaway. Yeah. I don't know Tomasino anymore. It's yeah. it's gonna be a post. Poor yeah. kid. True. All right. Yeah. Let's get to your next um, one here, man. The next one is filthy Phil, and that's Philip Forsberg, and. 32 points in 30 games. Love 20, it. 20 goals, 12 assists. And what's even more impressive about those 20 goals, 17 of them are even strength. Wow. Love that's it. that's impressive. Most of the guys you impressive. see 
racking up a ton of goals are cleaning up on the power play. Mm -hmm. They're, Mm -hmm. they're potting a bunch on the power play. That main advantage gives you a, um, huge advantage for just scoring goals mm-hmm. and uh phil's just doing the work and he he's he did it again the whole i'm gonna put my arm out and make you get away from me and i'm gonna score this goal with one hand he pulled yep. another one of those this week yeah i guess that's his new signature move to go along with that hip check yep so uh, and, I, and he missed some time yeah i really time. i really yeah. love I really love Philip Forsberg's variety of the way he's scoring this year, though. He, he He's given us plenty of those types of wrister, sniper type of shots that we know he can do. Mm-hmm. But he is he, he's he's really scoring a lot of dirty goals this season as well. Or those or like Kyle's saying, those power moves where he just bullies his way into the goal and just his finishing ability has been incredible this year. Like mm-hmm. when he gets yeah. those really good – Moments he's finishing. I think he's like over a twenty percent shooting percentage. Twenty three percent. I just looked yeah. at it there a minute ago. It's yeah, ridiculous. I mean his finishing ability is insane. So uh, we're gonna we've been talking about this for multiple episodes for good reason. But later on in this episode, if you download the podcast the next day, it's coming up later in this episode. We interviewed Hart from Puckpedia, and he really gave us some really good thought from from his perspective when it comes to contract negotiations when it comes to Philip Forsberg. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll go on to the next one because they're very similar. And that's Matt Duchesne. The white whale has arrived. Uh, Finally. We, yep. Fans and everybody have waited so long to see him play well. And it just seems like it's night in, night out. It's not a not really a hot streak. It's he's consistently being one of the three best players on ice almost every night. Absolutely. Uh, 38 points in 39 games, 19 goals, 19 assists, eight power play goals. So that there is Nashville's power play sniper. That's, there you go. that's the guy getting them. And he's, he's a, like Phil is this year. You see some fancy goals and you also see some, where he's standing right on that corner of the net and he's just barely tipping it in or it's a little rebound and he hits it. Yep. Uh, and, it and he looks like he's working harder. Yep. Uh, that, and, yeah. And I don't want to say that any of the players on any NHL team aren't working hard, but you could tell the last couple of seasons, Duchesne would take a shift off. He'd just be kind of casually going through the zone or back to the bench. No, there it it's hard work every shift, and it's it's fun to watch him play when he's playing the way he's played this year. Uh, besides Yossi, uh, he's probably the most entertaining guy to watch move the puck up the ice. Yes, Craig Smith style goals. That's right. Uh, Mike thank Twitter you, Mike Twitter. That's yeah. that's exactly it. Those might those Craig Smith style goals. Just mm-hmm. whatever it takes. I, I like what you said about watching him and Roman Yossi play because uh Matt Duchesne, he does have the dirty dangles because that dude, man, he can carry that puck so well and just move it like in ways that you know most players just can't do that. And it is a lot of fun when he is on his game and he's passing well 
and, and getting all those moves is very entertaining to watch. That's for sure. And you have such a difference between him and Forsberg because yeah. Forsberg's going to Mack truck you on mm-hmm. that one side. And then yep. Duchesne's going to try to break your ankles in on the other. And then Granlin's in the middle being this little sneaky guy coming up the middle. That's, <laughs> yep. And you, you forget about him and that's why he has a mountain of assists. Mm-hmm. So, well, I also think that Matt Duchesne has benefited greatly from finding a set line for him to be on Absolutely. for the most part yeah. with, um, I mean, I think he's benefiting hugely mm-hmm. from playing with Mikael Granlin. Yeah. I mean, that is a match made in heaven. Like I cannot get enough of that line playing together. And it's like, they just know where each other is going to be at all times. A yeah. lot of credit goes to Granlin for, being such an excellent puck distributor, but um, you want to talk about just hitting the jackpot that we figured out a way to get these three players together and just let them go to work. It's been awesome to see. Those, those three guys, whenever they're on the ice is just, they, they normally take over a game whenever they're out. Um it's like I said, it's entertaining to watch. Nashville yeah. hasn't had a line that looked like that since the Jofa line back when they were the Jofa line. When they first came yeah. in, when they first came in, yeah. that's a really good comparison. That's a really yep. good comparison. Yep. Love so, it. So the next one, and uh, we, we've talked about him being kind of like the Rodney Dangerfield of the <laughs> NHL this year, uh, as in he got no respect, but. Tanner Janot is finally getting some respect. Uh, started off with the NHL PR coming out and saying, hey, if you don't have this guy on your fantasy team and he's not picked up in your league, get him now. Yep. Hey, go fi- hey, Kyle, time out. Go figure in the Catfish and Ice <coughs> League. My buddy who has the worst team in the league, the Dallas Stars guy, Clayton, has Tanner Janot on his team. <laughs> Yeah, I know, because I I almost sent him a trade request. Uh, (laughs) He is checking his team. Hey, he is not a lame duck team. He does check his roster every day. The the poor guy just has horrible luck, and he's never played fantasy hockey before. But I guess Rich hasn't either, and Kyle hasn't either. But, yeah, he's had horrible luck. But uh, he is checking his team every day. I hurt my team to beat Matt. I'm going to tell you right now, I hurt my team to beat Matt this week. Awesome. <laughs> I was, was keeping an eye on it. that matchup. That was close. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Yeah, I dropped a goalie. Close. I didn't want to drop to get a defense <clears throat> to get those extra like. Fan- I'm telling you, I didn't realize. <laughs> fantasy hockey Fantasy hockey is way harder than fantasy football. Fantasy it football is it's like you set your lineup for the week and you don't have to really look at it. Yeah. Fantasy hockey is like a full-time job. I mean, I check my roster like three or four times a day. I'm not even joking. Yeah, yeah, and because you've got so many people going out for COVID and everything yeah. else, and and you and you've got to like you've got to like literally because if you don't check it closely, you'll end up leaving players in your starting lineup who are, who are not playing, and yep. then you'll leave you'll leave players on your bench who are playing, and then yeah. I mean this has happened to me where I think I went a couple of days and didn't look at my team because I was distracted, and I had Philip Forsberg on my bench somehow, and he scored like thirty points, and right. I swear I went. I wanted to go cry in the corner somewhere. I'm like, yeah, that's the yeah. worst when you have had, a player uh, on your bench. I only had two of three um, goalie appearances as of Sunday morning. I had to get a goaltender like really quick. Oh, you get penalized. You get penalized you, for that, yeah. don't you? Yeah. You lose all their points, I think. Is that how it goes, Kyle? 
Yep. If you don't have all three appearances, you lose all your goalie points. For the so yeah. how crazy is this? All right. So between me and Rich, can't make this up. We are separated by five total points over the entire season. That's crazy. Dang. Rich has 4,058 points at 4,053. <laughs> I mean, you can't write that kind of stuff. I mean, no. that's like crazy. <clears throat> but it's been a lot of fun. It is fun. Get Tanner. Yeah, what we're trying to tell you is if you're playing fantasy hockey, go see if Tanner Janot is available in your league. Definitely. Um, what we're trying to tell you. And then after this, uh, the NHL just put out their uh, little midseason top uh top runners for the Calder and Janot is in there solidly in that four spot, which yeah, I think is fair. I think that's a fair positioning for him. I think as him being in the conversation is good. is good. That, yep. that I, I don't, he's not flashy enough of a player to outdo some of these bigger <laughs> guns, but it's I still, it's, it's nice but, to, <laughs> yeah he's uh, available in your league <laughs> <You're> the... <laughs> that's funny yeah Good Mike Tuner said if he's available in your league your league is a joke that's right and, uh I tend to agree with that sentiment wait we uh, also we also missed a really funny comment from Mike Twitter's on fire tonight with some of these comments he said earlier when we were talking about the Preds or Titans winning a championship he he actually brought up another Nashville team are y'all ready for this he said the Nashville sounds Yep. The minor league baseball team will be the next team to win a championship in I Nashville. That. That's really sad, Mike Twitter. If that's who we got to lean on is our minor league baseball team to win a championship, then we are we're in rough times here. Tough sledding. <laughs> yeah, that's um, funny. Mike Mike Twitter's on fire tonight, though. He's he like is. just he's just shooting them out tonight. Yep. Uh, I and I know y'all, you two probably uh, saw this earlier because it was in our. Uh, fantasy league group chat but uh philip forsberg on instagram uh posted a story and it's uh him and Jano and trennan on the plane and yep. he's his comment was sitting here with the future rookie of the year and the wildest haircut in the nhl talking about trennan yeah and i, I don't know about y'all but that makes me feel really good to see phil yeah you know he's sitting there he's He's seatmates with Jano. That yeah. I I love that. I that makes me. I might be reading a little bit too much into it, but that makes me think that Phil might be more interested in sticking around because he's yeah. building mm-hmm. these relationships with these younger guys. Yeah, and he yeah. sees what that could possibly build into. Fingers crossed, uh, boys. Uh, I know a lot of people would love to see him go. Does get a, get value out of him? Uh, I still hate to say it, but if he's not signed uh, by trade deadline, that you probably need to just just you can't let that walk. Right. Uh, I don't see Poyle doing it. I think Poyle thinks that he's going to sign him in the off season. I'd say I'd say he thinks the same thing. Maybe they and, have and a gentleman's it, agreement. And let me let me kind of give you a little preview of the the discussion with Hart and uh, to really yeah, uh, tease yep. everyone to go listen to it. But because uh, we haven't shared this interview yet, we already recorded it earlier today. But um, I'm telling you that this this trade, not the trade market, the uh, free agent market this upcoming offseason, there's going to be a lot of competition out there. 
it's not just Philip Forsberg that's going to be very intriguing when it comes to teams looking to add free agents. So it's really going to be what what Forsberg gets in the open market is going to be really uh, – it's going to lean a lot on some of these other free agents that are going to be out there and what they get. So um, just because he's having a contract year doesn't mean that – you know, you're going to have to follow the market here to really figure it out. So it's, it's still very much up in the air what Forsberg is going to command if he does become a free agent. But um, – Paul, Paul needs to get that – Check signing hand ready because that one's gonna hurt when he has to sign that check for Forsberg. <clears throat> I think it'll hurt that bad though, and I'm telling you, the Preds have so much buying power right now. I mean, they're in a good spot with their cap yeah. situation. It's just so be I mean, I would be a lot more worried if the Preds' cap situation was a mess right now. But the fact that they do have so much cap space that makes me feel a little bit better about maybe being able to afford to pay Forsberg and not take a massive risk with him. There's always that chance yep. that he that he just doesn't take it. And he does yep. have a change of heart and decides to move on. I mean, that could happen. But anyway, That's, anyway. That might be why wanna, Paul is saving all that money. Don't want to think about it right now. So <laughs> Yeah. See, I, I you know, we're we're winning the bet with Chad because he said he wasn't going to talk about it. Oh yeah, it's impossible. Oh, that's right. I, I broke right. my I new. I broke. I, I think I, I broke forget. my. New, I think I broke my New Year's resolution like two days later when I wrote an article for Predlines. That's right. Yeah, yep. I mean, I'm that, sorry, that, that, Chad. That was the worst New Year's resolution I've probably ever made in my life. Like it was never going to yeah. happen. But I tried. Right. I, I I tried. But you just can't help it. I mean, this it's you really can't help it to think breaking about New Year's but, resolutions and making because bad he bets. keeps. Because he just keeps on producing, so you can't help but think about it. It's not like he's having a terrible year and you're like, oh, yeah, this is easy. Let's get rid of him. Yeah. I mean, he's making it really, really difficult. It's going to hurt. In It'll a good way. Obviously in a good way because he's just so fun to watch. But, wow. yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. Let's get yeah. to your – do you have another pick, uh, Kyle? Got one more, and that's just simply right. back in the win column. Oh, yeah. They had the, had the nice little – what was it? Four game losing streak. Yeah. Pretty rough time there. Yeah. Everybody started feeling good. out a little bit. Uh, but the thing is they stayed true to who they were as a team. Uh, they didn't, there wasn't a bunch of wild lineup changes. The line nope. stayed pretty much the same. The philosophy of play stayed pretty much the same. Uh, and I think that's very encouraging that they didn't start, Okay, we're we're gonna grasp at straws after every one of these, and you're gonna see a whole new set of forward lines. You're gonna see a whole new set of D pairs. No, we know this works. This game didn't go our way. We're, we're gonna roll this back out because yep. we know it works. Uh, mm-hmm. Once again, John Fi- John Hines's favorite word, identity. Yeah, they have to play to their identity. Uh, they really did that in the games against uh, Detroit and Winnipeg because. Mm-hmm. Generally, they just smothered them. They, they, just physically. I do gotta say, on the other team, I'll take two points anyway. You can get them, but that Detroit mm-hmm. Red Wings game was a snoozer. I was having a hard time staying awake for that one. Yeah, I only watched. It, I got it, to it, watch it the wasn't. That was it. Wasn't it? Wasn't a flashy game by any means. It wasn't pretty. But a team like the Predators, that's fine with them. 
Yeah. Predators love games like that. That fits into their style perfectly. Yeah. The uglier the better. Yeah, they're they're not a pretty team. They're you're not gonna see many highlights of them on Sports Center or anywhere like that. Those points count the same though. That's yeah. right. They I did will. see the it was the next day when I finally saw uh, the Benning fight. <clears throat> that was interesting. Watching him scrap a little bit there. That um, fight lasted a half an hour. I know, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that they really was, did let that was like a or straight up boxing match. They really did mm-hmm. let them go. Those guys and it was were a so very gassed. it was a very even and it was even too. I mean, both guys yeah. got their got their shots in. Yeah, yeah, they were they were just looking at him kind of like, can we stop now? That was, the <laughs> of, that, was that was definitely the highlight of that game. Yeah, it was crazy. But, uh, I think it's. I mean, the Preds played a decent game, but I think it's more that game is. I, I the takeaway I get from that game is the Red Wings are really starting to trend backwards. Like they're kind of in panic mm. mode right now because they were a nice little story at the early early part of the season. Everyone's starting to think like, okay, now is this rebuild, how much longer can it possibly go? Like it's time to start showing something here. Right. And I mean, they're kind of, they're kind of trending backwards right now and they did not look good at all in that game against the Preds. They looked terrible. Yeah. They, they were very undisciplined. I agree about the, the, it was hard to stay awake for cause you know, I fell asleep on the couch. I can't <laughs> say I didn't. I was sitting there with my little boy and he fell asleep and then, yeah, That's it was funny. one of them. But things. I mean, I mean, uh, both, both teams failed to get to 30 shots on goal. I mean, Red Wings went 0 for 5 on the power play. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, it's just one of those games. Preds had 14 blocks, 17 giveaways. The Preds had 17 giveaways. And yet the Red Wings, Red Wings could only manage one goal. But, uh, yeah. but you'll take Sorrow. them anyway. You can get them. Sorry, man, this is a breath of fresh air, not having to face 40 shots. <laughs> that's exactly what I was real. Thinking. He's so like, that's oh, per- this is awesome. That's perfect timing. Let's get into our clutch performers of the week. And I'm going to list my top three, and then I'm going to let you guys react to it and give yours. And I got some surprises on mine. This was the hardest week I've had to come up with these out of every week we've done these. I had to scratch. Because I didn't yeah. have anything to take from the Vancouver game. I mean, that game was just, I mean, just terrible on all ends, really. Yeah. That game was really hard to find anybody who you could consider clutch. But the Winnipeg game was a good game to look at. Red Wings game, yep. of course. My number three clutch performer of the week is someone that Kyle Perkins already brought up in his Perks picks, Matt Tennyson. Yep. I'm showing Matt Tennyson some love. He put up three assists in his first two games with his new club as a journeyman yep. NHL defenseman. There's no expectations for him. There's no height. He's a plug-and-play player. He's a placeholder. And he came out and played some really, really strong hockey in the two Preds wins. And I think that's clutch. I think that's clutch to come to a new team and do what you, do what he did in those two games to contribute to two wins to help the Preds in their four-game losing streak. So I gave Matt Tennyson – my third clutch performer of the week. Number two, number two, I went UC Soros. Only had two starts, and both starts were wins. So he played a role in ending the losing streak. He made 
64, I believe. Let's see here. Yeah, 64 saves yep. on 67 shots faced for a 95 save percentage. Um, didn't have to face the high barrage of 40-plus shots like he has in the past recently. And what do you know? When you actually play some decent defense in front of Soros, He's a hell of a goaltender, probably one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league, the best. when he's not yep. having to face over 40 shots a game. And you did yep. that for him. You did that for him in these two starts, and guess what he did? Only gave up three goals over two games. So he's my number two. He's my number two. <clears throat> number one for this week, he's making his first appearance on Clutch Performers, Philip Tomasino. Yep. Because After the kid is – not glowing grade. But that's for the whole season, Rich. That's not for this past week. Philip Tomasino, I alluded to this earlier, he is trending in the right direction. He's starting to figure things out. He's starting to round out his game, just like we saw Ellie Tolvanen do over his time of developing. Yep. And I think it's important to remember that he had so much hype on him coming into this season. That's all we could talk about. Rich going into the season, right on this podcast, oh, yeah. was Absolutely. Philip Tomasino. Watch <clears throat> is Philip Tomasino going to start in the season opener? It's all people could talk about. It was one of the main storylines of the preseason, yep. and Absolutely. he is starting to figure some things out. He had a really strong week. He had, let's see, he had one goal, two assists, eight shots on goal, even put up three hits against Detroit. So, I mean, you don't think about Philip Tomasino getting hits, right? But even yeah. Philip Tomasino is starting to buy into the identity of this team a little bit. So yep. big kudos to Tomasino. He had a really, really good week for the Preds. So I'm going to give him my number one clutch performer. Awesome. Dissect. Hey, man, that Tennyson one, that's, <clears throat> I actually looked at that one too. Uh, that is strong. And when you frame it the way you framed it, yeah, it's he, coming up, getting called up to play in the NHL. After spending being in the AHL for a while, three points. That's awesome. and I can promise I can promise you that Matt Tennyson's agent did not call me and ask me to to do this. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, I agree. All right, uh, let's. One of y'all want to go? Give you your. We'll go with Kyle. Your go ahead, Kyle. clutch performance. You know, uh, even though he's he missed the last game because of uh, the old COVID protocol, um, I would throw Tolan in there. That goal yeah. he had in the Winnipeg game, um, where he bats the puck down and good. then scored it. Yeah, that was good. That that, that opened that, that was the first goal of the game, wasn't it? That opened up the scoring. It was. That was the first goal. That's of the clutch. Game. That's clutch because um, the Preds are on a four game losing streak, so you really needed that first goal. Yeah, and point. that was it. It was at four minutes forty three seconds of the first period, um, mm-hmm. and the assists on that goal were Benning and Tomasino. So mm-hmm. two two other guys that we talk about that's doing decent things. Yep. But I like it. Yeah, I, like I think it. I really hope Tovey's back very soon. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. Yeah, you don't you don't want Tovey to miss any extended time when he was finally starting to get hot again. You know, yep. like that's like because then he, if he does miss a lot of games, then he's got to come back and maybe shake off some rust, and you just don't want to see that. But um. That's what yeah, happened that last a, year. But he's he was a, playing he's, awesome and got hurt. He's yet another player on this team, though, that, that's had a lot of bad puck luck this year, <clears> of course. We've talked about it plenty of times. So I, I think he's starting to figure it out as well. It's just 
It's really good. It's really good things that are happening for the Preds once some of these other players who've had some bad luck this year, they all start figuring it out the same time that you got Philip Forsberg and Roman Yossi, you know, and all them. I mean, watch out. Suddenly this team can actually put up some goals if they yeah. all figure it out. Absolutely. So many people scoring. It's pretty pretty wild to see it spread out like that. It yeah. is spread out, yep. And then, then you have uh, Duchesne and uh, Forsberg who are both on pace to – shatter not break shatter the single season mm-hmm. uh, record how, for the predators how cool would it be if two players in the same season broke the goal oh, record yeah. for a single season that'd be pretty cool they might yeah, end yeah. up they might end up racing each other i know they're not trying to race each other but right. like watching it from the outside in as a fan it might be kind of interesting to see which player ends up with more goals when it's all said and done so i'm going to show my nerd a little bit and uh, I, I got to imagine it's uh, like Legolas and Gimli from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> when they're when they're fighting the oh orcs and they'll kill one and the, one of them will yell at the other one. That's one. Yeah. I've already got three. Yeah. It's just back and forth. I imagine it's something That's a along good those lines. So who ends That's up with more goals? I can't help but ask. Who ends up with more goals? Uh, Rich, who do you think? Forsberg or Shane? I'm gonna, assuming, I'm they, assuming they both play like – you know, most of the games left. I'm going to say Forsberg. Contract year Forsberg. Yeah, I think so. Considering Forsberg has one more goal than Duchesne, and I think he has uh, how many? I know Phil's had 30 games. Definitely Um, fewer games. Yeah. Duchesne's had 39 games, and Phil's had 30. So, yeah, I think. Phil will probably if they both play out the season, nothing else happens. Uh, I believe Phil will end up with more goals than Duchesne. Mm-hmm. But I, be- I I'll say this: I believe Phil will have more goals and Duchesne will have more points. Yes, that's that's definitely that's definitely a good bet there. Yep. Just because I mean Forsberg's not a big assist guy. I mean I'm not saying he doesn't get assists, but I mean it's just he's never been a big assist guy. So. That's true. Yeah. Just different yep. style, different playing style. Agreed. Yep, agreed. All right, Rich, Rich, who are how would yeah. you uh, how would you change how would you change my list, my uh, my clutch performance list? I mean, your your number three, Tennyson, is is good because it's. I actually, like I said, I was going to put him on there. I put Forsberg as number three. You got two okay. goals and an assist since coming back uh, from being off for so long. Two point night against Detroit. I mean, he's just doing awesome Forsberg things. So, I think that's awesome. Pretty much every game. Pretty much every game. Much, I mean, he's – Pretty much, yeah. He, yeah. But I, I got to say, Rich, I didn't put him in there because he, he didn't get a point in the other two games of the week. He didn't get a point against Winnipeg. He didn't get a point uh, against Vancouver. Yep. And, and I mean, I, that's why I didn't put him in there. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah, made in fact, it so tough. He only had one shot on goal against Winnipeg. I mean, he was pretty. I mean, despite the team playing very well, that was one of your rare games where yeah. the team dominated a great mm-hmm. game. But Forsberg wasn't a main part of the right. reason why. I mean, that doesn't happen very often. No, but, absolutely. Uh, that's why I didn't put Forsberg in. Yeah. So number two, I, I had Saros as well for for my number two, okay. just like you did. Um, the two bounce back wins after needed after that. the. Yeah, I needed that. You you already said it. He only allowed three goals in those two games. 
Um, he's actually tied for second in wins at all of the NHL goaltenders right now. So, yeah, I think that's pretty, pretty darn good. So then number one, I gave it to Matt Duchesne just for his three-point night in Detroit, man. He's, he looked awesome. It's fun to watch. He did like, look he, awesome. like he said, and he's got four points in four games if you average that out. So, yep. Doing well. There you doing go. Well. I like it. This will be the only time in history that I put Matt Tennyson ahead of Phil <laughs> Forsberg on any list. I it's a good it's actually please, really that's it's please good. please do not pull my hockey card from me, my hockey no. fan card from me that I just put <clears throat> Tennyson ahead of Forsberg. No, it's it's good. Three points in two games for, for you being called up. That's pretty strong, I think. So Yep. All right. I, th- I think it's pretty indicative of Nashville's fan base of blue collar people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So we appreciate those kind of guys. Yep. Absolutely. Um, a couple couple things I want we want to share here before we uh, get to a uh, heart of Puckpedia and we get to that interview. A couple interesting things. Uh, for one, I saw a really cool question put out there. From NHL Watcher uh, at NHL oh, yeah. underscore Watcher, a pretty good account to follow. Put a lot of fun stuff out there. Put a really good question out here. I think we can all go around the room and answer it here. Which NHL team needs to rebrand the most, in your opinion? Talking logo and or jersey. Um, Rich, That's good. who's your team? If you got to think have, one team in the NHL that needs oh, to really is it, rebrand, is it just one? I got three. I mean, you can pick more. You can pick more. All right, I got three. I'll go through them real quick. <clears throat> so the number one one is the Columbus Blue Jackets. I don't like their jerseys at all. I think they're they're too busy. Except they do have that one alternate jersey with the cannon on it. I think that one's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I just yeah I just I don't know their they're, color they're really, scheme. They're and and their color scheme's kind of boring. Like I, I feel like yeah, it's really not busy. a lot of not a lot of creativity. Yeah, Blue Jackets is kind of a, uh, I don't know, yeah. not a very intimidating yeah. <laughs> name at all. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the, a good one. Okay. Yeah. So the second one, this is obviously not because of how well they play, but the, the Colorado Avalanche, I do not care for their color combo what? at all. I, I just don't like it. But I didn't see that coming. I do like that reverse retro with the Nordiques logo on there. Yeah, we're, to, we're not talking about alternate jerseys. We're just talking about straight up their main I'm brand. Just saying – no, their reverse the, retro the is one of the best. Combos. Yeah, their reverse, then, re- yeah, their reverse retro is one of the best. It, it's one of my favorites. So the other one is the St. Louis Blues. I don't like their jerseys at all. Uh, the logo, I know it's like the, the logo they've had forever. Very basic. I just, I don't know, and I don't even like their reverse retro jersey either. So redo them, and, and people, people, people complain about the Preds jerseys a lot too, saying they're too much. Too much gold. So, well, if you're talking about, if we're going to talk about the Preds in this instance, you can maybe figure out a way to rebrand the jersey, but the logo itself, they better never change the logo itself because that is one of the best logos out there. Yeah. The logo is is great. Jersey, Uh, though. Just just some silver on the sleeves. Do some navy or silver down the sleeves just to break it up a little bit yeah i mean look I think you've got you can it. see it right here look it's all everything it's perfect you we can look at it right now and see. yeah it's yeah, like it's the, a, the, 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 not that i don't like it i really like it i like their home by the way by the way kyle too. by the way kyle's wearing his badass renegades of puck jersey That's yes right. sir 
Why don't you uh, tell us a name on the back? Tell us yeah, a little bit I, about it. Tell, tell uh, us a little bit about. Tell us a little bit about how the jersey so, was made, who made it. Oh, I disappeared. Uh, so these are from Reverse <laughs> Sports. Um, you can see it's got the Renegades of Puck logo really on cool it. Jersey. Um, I love it. They're super nice, very high quality. Um, it's got my name on the back of it, so that's awesome. Um, just. And they've been giving out to some pretty cool people around Nashville. And uh, yeah, uh, it's pretty neat to be part of that. Uh, yeah. It's, really cool jersey. I love it. I love cool. it. Uh, so what's your number? Is it 86? 86. So, Why'd you pick 86? So that was the year I was born. Oh. Uh, but it's my Twitter name is kperk86. And I've never really said why it was 86. But um, I'm not that creative. So, yeah. all right, cool. <laughs> um, uh, all right, Kyle, give us your give us a team you think might need a rebrand. The Ottawa Senators. That's... You, could, you could do so much cool stuff with that the Roman theme. Yeah, you, you, and good. it's their logo and everything is just so bland. It looks yes. like it looks like the cheapest high school. <laughs> logo you've ever seen i just it bothers you me bother. that you have this oh i got i gotta disagree with mike twitter he 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 said my pick would go to the dallas stars the kelly green i don't love it coming from the madonna style jersey golden forest green i love the stars jerseys i hate well, the stars yeah. but i love their jerseys Somewhat, I like the I mean, green ones. not super it wasn't super recently but the stars are one of those teams that did kind of rebrand themselves like over the last like it happened within like what the last 10 years i would say like something like that yeah, yeah but uh yeah i don't have a they got a pretty cool logo um i love their monster energy can alternates yeah. The, now you know, their like, mascot the black with the neon green. Oh my! Now their their mascot is is so dumb and corny though. Their mascot, a uh, victory, is his name. Victory. He's like this little green blob oh. that runs around like. Oh, victory we, green. We had a yeah. really fun one of the first episodes we ever did was we oh, talked right. about all the mascots and it was a lot of fun. We put all the mascots up there and ranked them. It and, was good. Uh, I think victory got some bad votes. I can't remember exactly, but uh. All right, here's my here's my team that I would rebrand. And I feel like it's it's a easy home run walk in the park. This should be a team that needs to rebrand. The Ducks should go back to being called the Mighty Ducks, wear the Mighty Ducks jerseys, change the logo back. You would sell so much merchandise. It would be nostalgia. Uh, oh, yeah. all your all your on the fence fans who don't have a team really. How easy would it be to cheer for a team called the Mighty Ducks? Their current jerseys are so ugly, if you ask me. I mean, it's like a, it's like a D with like a, it's like a such a boring logo. It's just a D, yeah. like a, and the color scheme, the orange and black is just like, it's just not very appeasing yeah. to me. And plus, I don't like the Ducks anyway. But uh, yeah, yes, that they, that seems like, <clears throat> that seems like a home run marketing strategy. If I was running the Ducks, we're gonna go back yeah. to being called the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Mike Twitter said that's 100%, Chad. Yeah. That, I mean, I don't think I mean, anybody would be mad about that. I literally think I'd be that so would be cool. the one well, thing in hockey. I got to <laughs> tell you something. There is somebody who'd be mad about that. And that is that mouse that owns the Mighty Ducks 
branding name. The Disney. We'll cut them yeah. back don't, in as I long as they pay, get paid. I don't. I didn't. Disney I, would allow that anymore. I didn't think they don't about own them that. Anymore, so, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't think but about you're, that. You're right. Yeah. If they were smart, they'd come up with something, work out some kind of deal where they could use that Mighty Ducks. That would be awesome. But I think the mouse might have a little something to say about that. Unfortunately, and the mouse has a lot of power. The mouse has the most power out of anybody just about. So, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But you're, you're right. They are pretty bland. They're just uninspiring. I mean, the Kings jerseys are black and white and they look more exciting than the Ducks jerseys that are <laughs> orange. Um, <laughs> I heard they were, the Kings were going to go back to that, um, the black and white, but with that crown logo from like the, the uh, 90s. Uh, yeah. That would be sweet. Yeah. You remember when everybody was wearing those hats? You probably don't remember you're younger, but those hats that said like Los Angeles Raiders, they were just black with stitching and like Los Angeles Kings. Yeah. That era. That's when they had those really cool mm-hmm. logo jerseys. So, all right. Awesome. Uh, one more thing before we, one more thing before we get out of here. What we got? I was just going to say the Panthers could use a redo now that they're actually good. Uh, <laughs> yeah true that's true true rv does not look good in the black like the and one... white <laughs> yeah see my I twitter think... remembers all the west coast rappers they all had los angeles kings and raiders hats that's right Absolutely. so i think i think the florida panthers might be one of the best teams ever to not be talked about like i mean it's like they are such a really good strong team and nobody seems to talk about them Except they're for the really diehard they hot are Dominant this year. They, they are, are absolutely well, bodying I want to except, people. Except last night. They weren't last night. <laughs> so I wanna I wanna share one more thing before we get to the interview with Hart and we move on to episode ninety nine with our interview with Hart of Puckpedia. <laughs> we'll get the reaction real quick from the guys on this. Moneypuck.com just recently put out their playoff odds and I could not believe how high they got the Predators. 91% chance of making the playoffs, 46% chance of making the second round, 23% of making the third round, 13% to make the final, and six, uh, 5.8% chance of winning the Cup. So you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. Just like six. You're six, saying there's a chance. I'm – Ninety-one percent chance to make the playoffs, according to MoneyPuck.com. Uh, they got Florida ranked as the highest team. Colorado's number three, Tampa's number four, or number three, Carolina mm-hmm. number four. Your usual suspects, but uh, the Preds are right up there, above ninety percent for playoff odds. It's a lot pretty, better than the point two six four or whatever they were last year. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember. Well, we all remember it. Just counting down the the days and watching the scoreboard, watching for so long. Like, are they going to make it in? Are they going to make it in? And they finally did. But on the flip man. side of the coin, on the flip side of a coin, a team like the Edmonton, according to MoneyPuck.com, now only have a fifty four percent to make the playoffs. Just that team is a mess right man. now. But uh, and then they're going to add Evander Kane to that dumpster fire. So, oh my gosh! That'll make and they just hey they just let, let and they just they just let go of our good buddy Kyle Turt. 
I saw just that. never worked out. Hey, that man, that dude. All right. How many teams is he getting paid by now? I don't like, know. All right. It's been a it's been a really fun episode crazy. 99. We're going on. We're gonna end the episode. Stay tuned. Download the <clears> podcast <throat> the next day if you're watching the stream right now. We are moving on to our awesome interview with Hart of Puckpedia to talk NHL trade deadline, talk about the Preds cap situation, talk about Philip Forsberg contract negotiations. Had a really, really awesome interview with him. Stay tuned for that. This 99 of Catfish on Ice. Brought to you by DraftKings with Chad Rich Al and Kyle. And we're back for episode 99 of Catfish on Ice. This is Chad Mitten, your host, and we're being joined by Hart of Puckpedia. He has come back for another edition of Catfish on Ice. He joined us at the early days of the podcast in episode six. We're now at episode 99, so we're really thrilled to have him back. Part of Puckpedia.com, runs Puckpedia.com. Welcome back, Hart. How have you been? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. For sure. How's this season treating you so far? I know it's been a pretty wild, interesting season for the NHL this year. Yeah, it's busy. I mean, all the whenever there's COVID absences and then the emergency exception call-ups and it, it, just a lot of action. It's not as fun yeah. as you know, new contracts or trades. It's a, it's a lot of work to keep up with all the roster moves happening every day and kind of the complicated situations. Yeah, they brought back the taxi squad or whatever, and I'm sure that made things complicated on your end, having to figure out how to work out all that stuff for each team. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, more work. Yeah, like I said, if it's busy with signings and trades, that's more fun. I mean, trying to keep track of all the guys going up and down isn't isn't nearly as fun or exciting. But it, you need to do it to make sure the site's updated. So absolutely, can, well, we, can't wait to not to just deal with normal call ups and sending down and not COVID absences and stuff. So, well, uh, I can tell you that on Catfish and Ice, we rely on Puckpedia.com for a lot of. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we're looking at when we discuss on certain episodes. So uh, thank you so much for all your work. That's why we're, we wanted to have you on for another episode. So uh, let's talk first here about the elephant in the room for a lot of Predators fans. And I think it's going to be a really major storyline this upcoming off season. If he is still unsigned and he actually ends up being um, an unrestricted free agent. And that is Philip Forsberg, who is, Perfectly having the what you call a contract year type of season. He is just really balling out right now, having one of the best seasons of his career. So I just got to ask you, I know you're not like, I know you don't just follow the Predators and you've got a lot on your plate, but just from the outside looking in, uh, Hart, what do you think about Philip Forsberg if he does end up becoming an unrestricted free agent? Do you think the Predators should back up the Brinks truck and figure out a way to get him signed or just – What's your initial thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's always – it's important to have the homegrown guys that have spent most of their career with the team stay. I think it says a lot to the fans. It says a lot to the the players on the team. You know, they see a guy that's been there re-up and, and stay, and I, I think it has a big impact on the organization. And I think that's why you often see, you know, these guys – you know, look at Alandis Cog last year, you know, hang around. Maybe it even gets into, like, UFA territory, but – it's hard for both the team and the player to walk away. Um, so yeah, I would be surprised if he left. Um, but, you know, these things, they're not that simple. They have to make it work. But I, I would put my money on uh, him returning, just no, not with any inside information, just that's how these things typically go. 
Yeah. Well, that's that's definitely what Predators fans want to hear for sure, uh, because uh, I'm telling you, seeing him uh, seeing him go is going to be really hard on this organization because, like you said, he is homegrown, and the Predators have all as a franchise have always had a hard time. Uh, you know, well, technically Forsberg isn't homegrown; he did come yeah. in through a trade, but he's pretty much been here since he's he played. His, that was that was a robbery. He came in through a robbery. So. Yes, he's played every <laughs> single NHL game of his career with the Predators. So even though he's technically not homegrown, uh, it, it's still easy to call him that. But uh, yeah, it'd be hard to see him go because the Predators have always had had a hard time bringing up um, elite talent forwards on their team. They've always been good at getting defensemen. They've always been good at goaltending. But uh, the Fords have always – they've always had a hard time finding those great Fords. So, uh, all right. Um, I, I mean, he's making six, uh, $6 million right now, I believe, which I feel like he, that's a little underpaid. So, he's definitely going to get a pay raise. Uh, do, what, what do you think he's worth? Do you think he's like – just off the top of your head, do you think he's like a $7 million player, an $8 million player? Where, where do you think he lands? Well, I mean, first of all, what we've seen now in the last couple of years is you kind of have to throw out all the contracts – pre-COVID with different salary cap levels, right? And one of the benefits, I guess, of a flat cap is now, like, we have a couple of years where the contracts are all comparable. You don't have to try to look at it like percentage of the cap. So, you know, if we just really look at the last two years, I mean, you've got Landis Gog at $7 million. Um, You know, he went to the open market or, you know, so that's pretty close to market value, you'd think. You got Kreider at six and a half. Um, again, those were UFA contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got, um, Buchnevich signed as a RFA, but it covered some UFA years at five, eight Reinhardt, six and a half again, covered. some. Uh, it was an RFA contract, but covered some UFA years. So I think you're probably in the six to seven range, but the thing is when you get out to the open market, it's an auction, um, yeah. and anything can happen and it'll really mm-hmm. depend what's left on the market. So, you know, right now, actually there's a decent crop of UFA forwards, um, probably better than we've seen in previous years, but Again, you never know what's going to happen by the time we get to free agency. But uh, right now we've got, speaking of having a, a good contract, you're Nazem Kadri at age 31 and having a career. That's, that's <laughs> yes. A good oh. And then, you know, like we've got uh, Johnny Goudreau, Pavelski, Hurdle's going to probably be the biggest paid uh, mm-hmm. UFA, um, and Claude Giroux. So, um, you know, there will, you'll have to see if some of those deals get done first or if they're all going to hit the open market. And, and then you kind of have to, rank Forsberg in with who's left like who do you think is going to get paid more Johnny Goudreau or Forsberg I mean Goudreau's had kind of better production but I think teams really like that bigger body um, mm-hmm. a little more so maybe the, you call it kind of even and so we'd have to see what Johnny Goudreau what happens with him too so it'll be interesting market interesting. but I, I think your instinct of kind of the six to seven range is probably about right but All right. it only takes you know with them, when you're buying a house or a UFA forward you just need like one other person to like like the person or the host a lot and it gets the bidding mm-hmm. up so and it's also all about the length i mean i would i would yeah. i would go ahead and venture to say that forsberg's camp wants a long-term deal so that also goes into it and david poyle the gm for the predators has had some bad luck with long-term contracts in recent memory so the, the thought of a long-term contract can definitely scare some people all right, but he is, uh, he is 27. He's not like 29 yes. or 30, right? Sure. If, if Landeskog took an eight year deal at 28, I mean, I don't, I, I think Forsberg, you're talking maybe six at the shortest, but you're probably yeah. seven or eight. Yeah. And, and you know, what we've seen with some contracts this last year too is teams going eight, even though they know it's too long, just to get the AV lower, right? And mm-hmm. 
I mean, Poyle's maybe a different situation since he's been there forever, but usually you think the attitude of the gym is like, well, those last few years were someone else's problem, not mine. So mm. uh, we saw a lot of deals. Um, yeah, they kind of stretch out to seven or eight years just to, to lower that that cap hit. Um, and so maybe, you know, you kind of have to look at maybe the cap hit on a, um, on a fourth brigade lower than we think, but it's eight years and maybe, and you kind of have to take the total dollars divided by five or six to see what his true cap it was. And then it's like, they kind of just extended it out to lower it. Hmm. So let's kind of look at just overall the, the Preds current cap situation. Um, I, I checked out your site today and in projected cap space. It says here 10 around, you know, about 10.8 uh, million projected cap space. Uh, kind of what do you think about the Predators in terms of their, their cap situation? Are they set up to be some big spenders here, maybe in the upcoming offseason? Uh, how are they looking right now, in your in your opinion? Yeah, well, like they have a huge amount of cap space right now, like just massive. Um, so that $10.8 million, that's what they're projected to finish the year with. But we're, we just passed the halfway uh, point in the year, which means that they could they could add 23 like 23 million of cap hit right now and that they would still be under the cap when you get to the trade deadline that's 54 million of cap hit they could add um if they don't do anything between now and then so that's basically like unlimited amount of cap space right like you couldn't possibly spend that much yeah Um, and just like looking at where they rank like they're only buffalo columbus ottawa detroit have more cap space so you know, I don't know. You'd have a better sense of like what ownership wants to spend, but like I look at a team that has that kind of cap space, whether they're good or bad, I would say there's an opportunity to get some assets by being involved in other teams' trades or taking on some bad contracts because, you know, you get to the trade deadline, you only have to pay 20% of what's left on a contract. So let's say, uh, I don't know, let's throw it out there, a Marc-Andre Fleury or um, someone else with a big number, um, a hurdle or someone, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, the Preds, if, if they retain, let's say, a, a million of, of cap hit, that's like 200 grand of cash, what kind of asset could they get for it? Last year, we saw about four or 500 grand of, of cap hit going for like a fourth round pick. So if you were, if you cover that or double that can you get a third or fourth round pick i mean to me if the ownership has the money it's like almost criminal not to take advantage of that and and use that cash to do something same with some bad contracts right like to take a even if you take a five million dollar dog contract that's up at the end of this year you know that's a million dollars um for the trade deadline to the end of the year it's not nothing but yeah. What do you get for a million dollar dog contract, right? When you've got, um, especially when you've got that kind of space, like you're talking about. Exactly. And then you look at like the outlook for next year. So, you know, they're right now they're looking like they're going to have 27 million for next year um, before signing Forsberg, you know, and that, that's not with like a full roster. That's with 14 guys. So they'd have to fill out the roster, but um, you know, they have lots of room. I mean, they're going to need a, a backup goalie, Right, they're going to need a couple depth defensemen, mm-hmm. and you know replace Forsberg. Um, you know, give uh, Luke Kuna needs another contract, and that's really it. So yeah, they've got lots of space. So again, you'd have a better sense of what ownership and, and management is willing to spend, but they have so much room. They're they're good, and I think it seemed like the team was winding down towards a rebuild. But I mean, you look at the Rangers; they were kind of in the same spot and then they had lots of cap space they and they went after and they got a panarin and they got some some bigger guys right or they went maybe they went for some rf they could go for some rfas where the team 
can't really afford to give them the big raise. Like it's similar to what happened with Buchnevich, right? Where the Rangers traded him to St. Louis because they thought they needed the cap space. So Nashville has a lot of options. And if I was a, a fan of the team, I, I'd want to see them use it. I mean, you can't take the cap space home with you like for next year, exactly. right? So exactly. Uh, whether they, they do something to add for this year or they get involved in basically getting paid for their cap space, uh, you think they, they should do something with it. Yeah, I mean they're in a they're in a great situation right now because as you just alluded to, they were expected to be like a sixth or seventh place team in their division, and I mean they're still in half a season left, so you know it's 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 a cl- clustered up division, of course. But uh, but yeah, I mean things are all looking great for them, and they've got all this uh, spending power. So yeah, it's a it's a good situation to be in. And here here's an idea to throw it at you, just as like an example. So Yaroslav Halak with Vancouver. He is scheduled if he gets a 10 um, full games played or 10, 10 games where he's played more than 30 minutes, he'll get a $1.25 million performance bonus and he gets another $250,000 bonus um, if his save percentage is over a certain level. If Vancouver has him for that and keeps him this year, they're over the cap because they're using LTIR. That's all going to be a carryover overage for next year. So that's 1.5 million Vancouver is going to have for next year just for keeping him. They trade him to Nashville, yeah, and he hits those targets. Yeah, Nashville's going to have to pay that, but they're paying it this year. They're not going to have to pay it next year. Mm-hmm. So, what's that worth to Vancouver to save potentially like you know one and a half million bucks for next year? Yeah. Um, so maybe you can get him, and he's a good goalie. Like he's having a good season. Halak, mm-hmm. you know, give yourself um, some insurance and net. Maybe you trade Riddick for another asset, right? Like that's the kind of thing that a team with cap space can do. If they got a lot of power, a bit of money. They got a lot of leverage and a lot of power for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's let's look over the entire NHL now because we're less than two months from the trade deadline. I all trade deadline is talk is some of my favorite time of the year for hockey. Like I just, I mean, obviously I love watching the games. I love the playoffs, all that stuff. But the trade deadline stuff, I just can't get enough of it. I love <laughs> I love seeing all the trade rumors. All the everyone's out there throwing out their own trade ideas. I just can't get enough of it. So just kind of tell me what you're thinking about this year's trade deadline. Some some top targets out there that are standing out um, that that might end up getting moved. I mean, I've seen some pretty good lists out there from some NHL analysts or whatever. But uh, just kind of give me uh, your sense of the uh, of the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, I think the trade deadline is always exciting, and the speculation is usually kind of more fun than what actually happens. It it, it can often <laughs> yeah. be a letdown. Although I like to see like the big surprise thing sometimes, right? That mm. you're not expecting. Um, I think you know one thing will be interesting to watch with the goalies. Um, you know, like Edmonton, for example, desperately needs a goalie. There's some there's some other teams that would maybe like to bolster their goaltending depth. Uh, there's some teams that I think need goaltending to just you know, have a somewhat competitive lineup, even if they're out of the playoff picture. And there's some teams that have some extra goaltending, but for now, you know, they, they want to keep them and see how things go, but they're not going to need to keep them, you know, past the deadline. So, you know, let's like a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury is obviously the, the top name. Um, you know, you got a Corpus Allo in um, Columbus who's having actually had several horrible seasons, but his name always seems out there. So, you yeah. know, let's see what he goes for. Um but for me, yeah, it's like there's a, there's some really good um, pending UFAs, and those are the ones to often get moved. So, like, you, right now, you'd expect Johnny Goudreau is going to stay because they're doing really well. But let's say Calgary starts to slide. Like, what, what do they do there? Can they re-up them or not? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Pavelski in Dallas, right? Like, yeah. is he, you know, I don't know if he's part of the long-term future there at his age. Mm-hmm. And 
it's hard to tell what the standings right now because of the, all the games in hand and what that might mean. But yep. you know, if Dallas isn't really in it in in two months, because the trading line is not for two months still, right? So if Dallas yeah. isn't really in it, do they move a Pavelski? I think Hurdle again. San Jose sort of seems in it, but you could see when teams start catching up and games played, they slide out of it. But that would be a big name to go. I think Giroux is definitely going to be someone that's talked about and potentially moved, and he could really help someone. I mean, he's having he's got the same. You know, he's got this pretty much the same points as Forsberg in a few more games, right? So he's yep. someone that can definitely chip in. Um, yeah, I mean, and then what's Vegas gonna do when I if if they don't have anyone injured when Eichel's ready, they're gonna have to trade somebody to to free up that cap space. So yeah, does Riley Smith get traded? You know, what's what's gonna happen there? So yeah, they're definitely gonna a lot have to of make some moves. Yeah, Vegas yeah. is definitely gonna have to make some moves, uh, for sure. Pavelski's an interesting one for me. I think he would be a really good addition for a for a team who's trying to get over the playoff hump, uh, if you know if they're in the hunt right now, because he's been a proven clutch performer in the playoffs in the past in his career. I would love to add a Pavelski. Yeah, he's over a point per game this year too at age thirty-seven, right? So it's you don't have amazing. to. Yeah. Usually, these guys at that age, you're like, oh, can they kind of get it together for a playoff run? But I mean, you could see he's still performing, you know, like a like a much younger guy. So yeah, you wouldn't be so worried about him. And then another another guy out there that's that's been getting some talks on the Dallas Stars is uh, John Klingberg. Yeah, uh, they're they're trying to say that he's not happy with his situation, that he wants to get be traded out of Dallas. His ice time's been going down, uh, so that's that's another player I'm really interested to see where he ends up going. And he, I don't think it's uh, realistic, but he would be a great addition for the Predators who could use some extra uh, defensive depth. Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't be—he wouldn't be a depth player. He would definitely be a, a top two pairing. I'm just saying he would—he would definitely be a huge help for the Predators. And what does Anaheim do with their defensemen if they're in the mix or not? Right, like Hampus Lindholm, uh, Manson. Um, you know, some more forwards to think about, like Columbus with Max Domi. Right, like he's really up, up and down. But um, you know, he can—he can really get hot. And you think he's someone that a playoff team would be interested in. Talk, talking about defensemen still, you've got Mark Giordano with Seattle, P.K. Stuban potentially, right? Like, you know, what, what does he have left? He could certainly, you think, you know, help the playoff team if they're a little, um, need some help on D. And who could take that kind of cap hit on? I mean, I don't know if it's a reunions in the in, Oh, in my the, gosh. In the offering, but Art. I mean, Nashville has the cap space, or maybe Nashville gets involved to help retain and, and broker a trade like that, right? If the Predators brought back P.K. Subban, it would probably break Pred's Twitter full day. <laughs> They'd be happy or not happy? <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people would actually like it. P.K. Subban was pretty was pretty uh, loved here in Nashville when he was here. He was he he fit the city perfectly. Like we loved mm-hmm. him here, so that would be uh that'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. All right, Hard. It's been awesome having you back, man. Uh, we will try not to go so many episodes before having you back again because it's always a lot of. A lot of uh, fun, a lot of good information from you. So have a great rest of the season. Thanks for joining us for episode 99. All right, man. Okay, great. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. This has been episode 99 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Mitten and Rich Howe. Be sure to join us later this week for episode 100. We will be doing our listener appreciation episode. So can't wait for that. Everyone have a great week. See you later.